electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures are up on a jobs number that is a miss at 210,000, but the best labor force participation of the year, positive revisions for the seventh straight month, and average hourly earnings that are actually a touch light. Big implications for the Fed and the market that we'll get into on this Friday. Our roadmap begins with slower hiring, but renewed COVID uncertainties and risks to the economic recovery. We'll get the first reaction from the White House with Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. Plus, quote, we weren't ready, we weren't executing. A rare C-suite mea culpa from the CEO of DocuSign. Yeah, shares of that e-signature company are down sharply this after the company reported or at least issued weak Q4 guidance. Uh, Chip merger challenge, the FTC now suing to block NVIDIA's proposed takeover of chip designer ARM. First, though, the jobs number. There's a lot in here. It's a little bit nuanced, Jim, but it sounds like you're taking the more bullish tone. Yeah, look, I I just think... uh, just wind back the tape with uh, Chairman Powell. He might have been able to say, you know what, look, I'm worried about commodities because they're going lower. I'm worried about the new variant, Omicron. And now I also think that labor is weaker. So what we have to do is stay on hold for the taper. What do you think that, do? Okay. Sounds no, fine. No, no, I mean, like, don't you think he's got all the things that he was worried about? He's less worried about. He has to be. Unless he, like, took vacation or something. I mean. He didn't seem that unworried. No, but I'm saying that that oil's down dramatically. Yes. Okay, this number is so you're weaker. Saying just in the last few days since his testimony. Right. That if he gave the testimony next week, he would have to give a different He's, testimony. He should have waited a week. Right. He should have <laughs> just said, "Listen, let me let me come back." Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. No. No. In, I don't this know. Is the, Listen. I, I mean, that moving oil, the jobs number. Ooh, turn that off. Just a second. Um, no. Uh, no, you got to take. We it. still don't know about Omicron. No, we don't, but I'm getting a little more sanguine about the prospect of what we should be I thinking heard about. You're, you're racing it anecdotally, which is all we can do on the right. Fact yeah, right. No, it's, it's not empirical. It's not empirical. Getting sick if you've been vaccinated right. or otherwise. Well, it's been a week great. now, and I'm not hearing and about. I'd like to hear the numbers. Wouldn't this be great to know how many more pe- how many people got on the plane who had the variant, and how many people now a week later have the variant who are on the plane? The Dutch right. have those numbers, or who are not. Right, whether they got well, sick or not. Um, is, how can the Dutch just keep those numbers? I mean, I don't know. What are it, the because rules it's not here? necessarily indicative of anything. You need a much lo- broader sampling, don't you? Right, but think and about it. And we know it is now here. It is around. Think about it's starting we were to, a week ago. Yeah. I'm saying that the. Well, here's what I'm saying. True. Carl, I'm saying the freak out may have been uh, misplaced and that perhaps we should be more, uh, more skeptical. Uh, but I'm also getting the feeling that. As long as the hospitals can handle things until we get yeah. the antivirals, we've got a bridge to somewhere. That's going to be the key. Yes. Uh, I know Iowa yesterday, highest 
hospitalization of the year. Right. Uh, Boston, page one this morning, hospitalizations are... That's not Omicron, that's Delta. No, well, that's, yeah. the, that's the thing is well, what, the, what was what, right? Was, these, right. Were, was the surge that we thought was Delta actually Omicron? But don't you... Right, but I also thought that Dr. Gottlieb was saying, listen, we really should be principally worried about Delta. But now that's a backdoor to the idea that we should be vaccinated because we know that the vaccination makes Delta less uh, of a killer or something that puts you in a hospital. Yes. Yes. All right. Back to the economy, back to jobs. This was connect them all for me. Well, I just think that there are a lot of people. There were two reasons why people were worried last week at this time. I'd like to go back in the tape. And that was Omicron and Omicron. So far, we have not gotten a sense that it's killing people, which matters. And uh, the idea that we were going to have a faster taper. And now the data comes out to say that, well, you know what? Remember he said a few months early? I think he might now say, well, but maybe not. Just no, on this one jobs number? No, no, everything. Commodities would be. You think he's going to backtrack on what he just no, said? No, on- he doesn't need to say anything. Didn't I he have enough? Does he get a, he doesn't know the jobs number on Monday? That's always been a big issue. When do they know that number? I want that job so I can find that out. I don't know. I take it for a day just to find out, hey, can I have the number like Wednesday? Uh, but no, I'm, look, I'm saying that uh, pr- two principal worries of this time next, uh, last week, I feel better about. That's all. I think that's fine. I think it's hard to be as concerned about a red-hot market after uh, labor market after this. And I'm beginning to think, well, get this. I, you, let, let me pause something to you. Let me hear. I'm listening closely. You're, you're, you want to get that? It's for you. I'm I can focused. Get that. I can get that. I'm, fo- I'm just scratching okay. my oh, arm. Let me get that. Whew, thank all right. you. Uh, now, here's the deal. Let's say you were making $7.25. Okay. Okay. An hour. Uh, yes, I understood. Suddenly you're making fifteen dollars an hour. Yes. All right. Well, maybe you work half half the time, so that the labor force has is missing people who are doing better, and they don't need to work as much. What you, do you think of that? If you were making seven twenty-five an hour, you were barely able to live. No, but you might have taken two jobs because you were barely able to live. They take it to fifteen, and maybe you don't need two jobs. Okay. You're like this. Okay, that's interesting. Do you also? I thought of it myself. How about? Are they measuring appropriately all the people who've left the workforce, so to speak, but are actually still working, but but doing so as independent contractors in some fashion or other? We wanted to have hire Salesforce to put this together. You talked about that with, uh, was it Marty Walsh? Yeah, they came back to me and they asked for sales. They asked me for Benioff's number. I don't know what came of it. I mean, you but know, to you, try to get a sense for how many people are doing what, we're, what we just described? Well, just to get more better numbers. The numbers are being tabulated. They were before the great digitization. I know. It that does, doesn't it, make you, sense. You do start to wonder a bit. Well, that's why Leesman this morning said for the first time he doesn't buy this top line number. Right. If you look at the household survey, uh, employment to population up 410s has nothing, looks nothing like 210. No, I know. Uh, I was listening to Steve, to Stephen. And he got that dead right. And, but he also had to do me a culpa. He did. He did. What he um, meanwhile, uh, back to Omicron, there are employers who are saying, oh, we're going to put off once again. I mean, oh, Google, one of the point. biggest. Great point. Back to work uh, or back to the office, I should say, not back to work. I've got a stock for this. And, um, you know, that is Alphabet is one of the one of the latest. Obviously, Amazon, many of the biggest technology companies have already sort of made it vaguely optional. <laughs> I have it's, a stock for this. I have the key to this market. Hit an all-time high yesterday. Sherwin-Williams. Oh, yeah. I was looking at that. Remember, it's a retailer. It's not a paint company. It's a retailer. People have gravitated away from Home Depot. Had an all-time high yesterday. When you decide, when Google says, listen, you don't have to come back to work, 
You ever paint it? I gotta like live in a nicer yeah. room. You ever paint? Well, and or then there's the added layer days. of moving past the supply chain hiccups we thought was gonna torment stocks like these. I know. Remember yeah. that? I know. So again, yeah. I come back and I say that I'm trying to figure out why the rally yesterday, whether that was the real or that was the phony one. And I come back and I look at Sherwin Williams sitting all time high and I say, that's indicative of people saying, listen, we've got to change. We're going to change our lives. We're going to have to come back. That's why the order numbers are going to continue to be good. It's why I'm listening to Marvell. We're going to talk about Marvell. The deal they did with Ford, very special. By the way, we're just now getting uh, some uh, numbers. What? Ford's presenting at uh, Goldman and Credit Suisse. Yeah, what are they saying? 200,000 retail reservations for the F-150 Lightning. I knew it. I don't think you're getting yours soon. Or maybe you're first in line. No, I'm the Maverick, and um, I ordered the Maverick in March, and I'm getting good feel for March. March. Well, it had an EPA. So a year? Issue. It's going to take a year to get the car? That's what it looks like. Mm. Also aiming to reduce their EV battery cell cost to $80 per kilowatt hour before the end of the decade. That's Plummeting. another. He does have a company, that Jim Farley, is working with a company. Uh, not QuantumScape, by the way. David, you should know that. It's not QuantumScape. Got it. QuantumScape doesn't have, you know, the Volkswagen they have to deal with. Uh, I just think that autos, housing. Can I go back to Williams-Sonoma last week? Two weeks ago this time, that stock is now down $30. They are had an unbelievable quarter. They are every bit as good as Sherwin-Williams. And by the way, they have organic wood, of which I questioned. I said I thought all wood was organic. Yeah. Laura Albert laughed. <laughs> David, you know that all wood's not organic. Uh, of course, of course I know that. Everybody knows <laughs> you that. You she king? Yeah. You think Larry Fink says, is it organic wood? Yes, I'm sure he inspects the bark. Do you get that blowback when you mention Larry Fink as being the sole most important person in corporate America today? BlackRock. He, he potentially is. Well, you, I, mean, I only asked it because you just came back from the like biggest. Story some people wonder time. whether they the have Exxon to. Story. They should be filing a 13D on every single company because when they put a letter out and say we're going to be doing this or Are looking you at that, that, they might do. That? No, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm just positing it's as you like to You're the so idea good. of their power. Uh, there's someone in my. Oh, oh, I just got the stuff I've been looking for. Go ahead. Go ahead. We uh, it's get it's been a remarkable uh, 24 hours out of Washington. We got the clean CR going to the president's desk, got the Labor Department numbers, and now some news out of Treasury. Elon Moyes got that. Morning, Elon. Good morning, Carl. Treasury has placed 12 countries on a foreign exchange watch list over concerns about how they manage their currencies. China is once again on that list, Treasury highlighting its failure to publish foreign exchange intervention data and the lack of transparency around its exchange rate and mechanism. And Treasury said it's also closely monitoring China's state-owned banks. Now, this report also added Switzerland to the list. Japan, Germany, and India are on it as well. Vietnam and Taiwan triggered enhanced analysis of their currency practices, a stronger designation. But Treasury said it is sad satisfied with Vietnam's progress, and it urged Taiwan to address currency undervaluation and its external imbalances. Now, no country was officially labeled as a currency manipulator, guys, but 12 countries, including China, on that watch list, two countries requiring enhanced analysis. Back over to you. Uh, that's a delicate game. We'll, we'll watch that closely. Uh, Elon, thank you. Elon Moy. Taiwan is it worst act <laughs> than the PRC? Wow. David, like we're de- we're defending Taiwan, not the PRC. Don't you think that's kind of ironic? Maybe a little, but again, no, uh, none yet. They're on somewhere on the road to being okay. Currency manipulators. That's about as far as, as you say, much as I know. As you say, okay. <laughs> Take a look at futures here. Uh, as the jobs number crossed, uh, pricing on. Um, 
Fed funds futures kind of unchanged. Futures, though, uh, the equities are going to take this in some stride, it appears. When we come back, we'll talk about what DocuSign said and how they're trading. And NVIDIA, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, more squawk in the street from the NYSE in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. DocuSign looks to open down by about 33%. The e-signature company posting a Q3 loss, missing on uh, current quarter revenue and billings guidance. The CEO, Dan Springer, says, quote, we weren't executing. He'll be a guest on Tech Check this morning at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, Jim. Uh, they're going to slow significantly uh, in Q4. Uh, sometimes you get conference calls where the numbers aren't good and everyone just ignores them in the management team, and then it comes up to the conference call, and they start asking tough questions. This was, I'm going to give Dan Springer credit, right at the very beginning. He says, demand slow, uh, at urgency of customers buying patterns temper. That's very, very negative, except this, a step down. Uh, environment shifted more quickly than he thought, very negative. Uh, City says thesis changer. UBS says thesis changing. Wedbush says debacle queue. Uh, J.P. Morgan goes by to hold. Uh, look at these, UBS, Wedbush, Pep, Piper. And what the real problem here, Carl, was that they didn't see it coming at all. They continued to think that what would happen is, is that people are going to switch to DocuSign, which they still are. But there have been fewer, fewer decisions that needed DocuSign. I can't wait to hear what he says, but I can tell you that the analysts, were, the gloves were off. In the, in the conference call. So you don't think it's, it has anything to do with just coming off of a torrid year last year where there was such rapid growth? I think, well, I think that that's the great question because what happened is there was this transition quarter that wasn't a transition. Like, they came off torrid growth, but then it didn't stop. The torrid growth started, and then, boom, it was this quarter. So you had one quarter, David, that was not a yeah. quarter of pandemic, and it still was good. And then, wow, did it just cool off. Although, if you were smart enough to have shorted Zoom, Peloton, DocuSign. The trio. Yeah. The three Musketeers. I mean, you are having a great year. Yeah. Unlike, by the way, most hedge funds. I got the hedge fund numbers for November. Well, those now look like Mo Larry and Curly. Horrible. Just horrible. Really? Yeah. They're, most of them are down. I mean, Melvin's still down 41.5%. Melvin. Even though, they're up 20, even though he's up 20% on that new money he got from Citadel. Is, is he on AMC? Viking down 59 Viking. 
Tiger Global only up 6.1. I don't know. These hedge funds anyway are not doing what they're supposed to do, which is making those kinds of decisions. Well, there was an upgrade to Peloton today. Yeah. I thought uh, that Deutsche, was... I think, um, Deutsche initiates buy 76. Yeah. It said the time is now. Time is now. Well, okay. Hybrid work model. Saying that the hybrid work model is going to be good for them. I prefer Sherwin Williams, I mentioned, but the yeah. hybrid work model, everyone's trying to remember uh, that Nikesh Aurora came on Mad Money and said Palo Alto, ideal, and he brought the little thing that you can have for your home for cyber tech, keep your cyber house safe, which you should get. It, it looks like a, a little thing for your home? I don't know. It looks like a, a, a big Alexa. I don't know if you can talk to it. Um, can we talk NVIDIA? Do you ever talk? Do you ever call Siri Alexa? Can we do that? No, uh, no I don't have Alexa. I don't oh. like that. I don't she like something just, listening just all the time. Go, you say I'm sorry, and she goes, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, FTC, uh, FTC suing. Oh, no, you're going to go there? To, all right. Well, we're going to talk about NVIDIA. Yeah, it's a news story, so we are going to talk about well, it. Well, I, I, yeah. it's only, a, City says it's only a 5% chance now. The FTC is blocking the, try, uh, going to sue to block the $40 block. billion dollar acquisition. Can't block, needs a hearing. Come on, David. Let's talk about the FTC. Let's talk about, uh, by the way, it's not the only deal. Did you see that they also uh, came out to block uh, Great Outdoors purchase of Sportsman's Warehouse? Sportsman's Warehouse is down badly. <laughs> it is. Sportsman's Warehouse is I think they would well. block, they're going to like block people who are dating each other. Um, listen, they said that it will stifle chip innovation and, quote, allow the combined firm to unfairly undermine NVIDIA's rivals. By the way, Jim, not a surprise to anybody, including us. We've been talking about this deal as being highly unlikely to be able to get approval, not just here, Anywhere. but in the U.K. and potentially in China. And so the only people who seem to still have hope is me and Jensen. <laughs> Oh, and the, C- and the CFO. Yes, and Colette Chris. Yeah, she's the definitely CFO. She's no, look, I, I understand. I mean, NVIDIA statement, they'll invest in arms, R&D, accelerate its roadmaps, expand its offerings. Uh, this one is still born in part because, I will say it, there will never be a company that will be as powerful in the semiconductor industry as NVIDIA ARM, and it would be, I think, great because then, um, then you'd own Telco, you would own high-performance computing. Uh, and you already own the metaverse. This will shine yet, uh, you know, will speak to the fact that the FTC has become uh, a break on large strategic deals. Uh, you know, you speak to any practitioners in, in mergers and acquisitions and they will say yes. There is no doubt, as you read what, uh, what the FTC had to say, they'll say, listen, there's no doubt that the FTC is, is an issue right now when we advise clients, when they're thinking about doing something big, noteworthy, um, they have to keep in mind that it may require them to actually go to court to get it done. Uh, and so right. you've got to be ready for a long haul. And NVIDIA is going to court. I mean, this is going to be a court battle. Maybe they will. No. You think they will? Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah. Man, that's a lot to go through. By the way, SoftBank is the seller of Arm, remember? Uh, and obviously uh, bought that company, took it private for what? It was like $30 billion. looking to sell it. I did want to go back, though, and remind people Remember when SoftBank owned 5% of NVIDIA? 5%. Masa, Mr. Long, Long Term, bought it in December 1st of 2016 and then sold it September 28th, 
5% of NVIDIA now is over $40 billion. Yeah, I mean, that was... They made $3.3 billion. By the way, well, they, well, they made money. Yeah, I mean, let's not... But I mean, a lot of... You went over some money. hedge funds that have lost money. They made money. A lot of people... But I, I do come back to that number thinking, given that they're selling ARM to them, potentially they may get even some stock. But if he just held on to his NVIDIA stake... You now have a $40 billion position. People have shorted me. You know, I was with a group of CFOs last night as part of a CNBC event. Almost no one knows how big this company is. I know. When you tell them the size, they're like, NVIDIA? Yeah, NVIDIA. They, they, like, they, they don't realize they don't, that it's sixth or seventh largest, seventh largest market cap, I think. Yeah, they don't know NVIDIA. And I, you know, like they think NVIDIA is my dog or something. And, and it really is incredible that Jensen Wong has put together this company that is, I think, going to rule the metaverse. $800 billion. So with and or without ARM, you still with think? With or without, I think they'll do yeah. JV. That's my own view. They are not telling me that at all. They are sticking totally to the idea this deal is going to get done. Jensen's got that avatar, 28 languages to speak to when you get up to that to the window to order that Baconator. Here we go again with the fast food ordering. I'm still trying to figure that out. What do you want me to do, the BMW no, factory? I can trying. do anything. I know you Globe can. Globe Theater just, in, 18, in 1580? No, how about, uh, do you want to paint with me? Do you know that Picasso can teach you how to paint in the metaverse? I don't believe that. Okay, how about Rembrandt? First of all, nobody can teach me to paint. I can no, barely no, sign my no, name. No, no, you'll be able to. No. No, I, 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 I'll, I'll do the globe with Shakespeare. That's more my style. Should be or not to be. That is even yeah, your question. I'll do that. that. We'll get Kramer's mad dash and countdown to the opening bell. Still a lot of stock stories to get to, including Marvell, Ulta, Zillow, uh, Didi, and what Munger is saying about Costco today. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Take a look at futures here. The jobs number 210 was below expectations, uh, but futures are higher after the Dow's best day since March. Short ends a bit higher. Oil shooting for 69 this morning. Uh, the opening bell's a few moments away, and later on we'll talk with the Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, get some reaction to that jobs report. So, so keep it here. All right, time for a mad dash, and then we'll get to an opening bell on this Friday. We've got two and a half minutes to that, so let's squeeze it in. What do you got? Marvell Technology, which is a semiconductor company. Uh, Target raised B. Riley. Target raised Stiefel. Target raised Wells Fargo. Target raised Needham. Target raised Morgan. Target raised BMO. Target raised UBS. Target raised Credit Suisse. So all the analysts were blindsided by how good things were. Thank you. That's really helpful, uh, by the way, raising your targets after. Right, and then Goldman admitted to being wrong. I like that. (laughs) I always like an admission of of wrongdoing. Uh, By the way, Cowan had downgraded it last year completely the wrong time. Marvell, David, it was a magnificent performance. It was 5G. It was auto, Internet of Things, but high-performance computing. And when I found out that Matt Murphy is being interviewed by John Fort, I thought that was great. It didn't hurt my feelings at all. Uh, I was um, sanguine. I'm happy to hear that. I pushed for that interview so badly, completely blew it. 
Anyway. You've got 60 minutes. You can't interview everybody. I'm every telling night. you that Matt Murphy will be the best interview. And you should ask him about that incredibly cool jacket that he has. Because uh, sartorially, he's probably the best CEO in America. Interesting. Matt Murphy is competitive. I mean, he's done like, you know, he is like quad, ath- uh, you know, triathlons. I think he's doing quad athlons. Really? I mean, whatever's like, he is the most fit, tough, competitive CEO in America. You should ask him because that's how they did that number. No one is like that guy. He will not lose. He comes on and he is TNP. He's total TNP. TNP? He takes no prisoners. Ah. TNP. Ask him. He's TNP. Uh, well, well, you him. were already looking to semis. This for is leadership. my big, one of yeah. my biggest positions yeah. for for my chapter trust, uh, which you can follow on by I joined the CBC Investing Club. Uh, but we have been pushing and pushing and pushing for people to be in Marvell, and we were blindsided by how great this was. Uh, by the way, this Ford deal, magnificent. Got a deal automotive to get some of those chips that people are having a hard time with. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Ford Ford this morning says they'll be the number two EV maker within two years. Annual production capacity of 600,000. Oh, you like buy it? Yes, absolutely I buy it. Absolutely. And that's far more than a lot of people are looking for, including Jonas, who put out this incredibly weird piece today about GM uh, versus Lucid. And I finished it, and at the end of it I said, Oh, this, what the this hell is the is Jonas note? Yeah. yeah. What was that? I mean, it was like the Jonas Brothers. One yeah. guy liked GM and one guy liked uh, Lucid. It was incoherent, it's, but it was also magnificent. It's very much uh, um, James Joycean sort was of, it? yeah, it kind of just Bloomsburg. moves from thought yeah, to thought. Uh, it was, wow. I mean, it was like Ulysses, which is one <laughs> darn hard book. By the way, there's the, there's the opening bell. At the big board, uh, a local bounty, an agriculture technology company celebrating a listing via SPAC. At the NASDAQ, it's Nutriband, maker of transdermal pharmaceutical products. Huh. Um, everyone wants your take on, on Didi, Jim, and what this means, this delisting, uh, whether or not China well, tech is toxic from here well, on out. I think that I'm, I'll respond by saying that there's a fact sheet out today called Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act Final Amendments from the SEC which basically says these have to stop. You can't do these deals. You have to identify whether a member of the Chinese Communist Party is on the board. Uh, you have to have your accountants be audited by the Public Count- Company Accounting Oversight Board, but I remember that because of Enron 20 years ago. But I think basically what Didi is is an admission of like, okay, guys, we can't do this stuff anymore. And remember, Didi was the party coming out and deeming that it was basically, it wasn't as bad as when they deemed the... Uh, tutorial companies is something nonprofit, but good riddance to Didi. And welcome to, I want the Congress to adopt what Gensler is talking about, because Gensler wants to protect us from these kinds of deals. Gary Gensler, head of the, chairman of the SEC, doing incredible work to make sure this stuff doesn't happen anymore. Meanwhile, uh, how they're going to actually go about doing this is still somewhat uncertain. You know, you have to list in Hong Kong. Then you've got to make these trans- your shares here transferable in some way. There's also at least some idea that they might try to actually raise a lot of money and buy in the shares that are trading here. Um, but it's not that easy to no, do. No one knows. No. And then when we come back to Didi, uh, you know, we all remember, of course, it coming public, it soaring initially, very, uh, very brief window there. Brief. And then we got the news that the, that the Chinese were already unhappy with them and sort of looking at them more closely in terms of cyber regulation, a lot of different things, and 
That was it. And then it's advanced since then uh, in terms of now we're at the point where the company is not going to trade here at some point. It's going to take a little while, one would expect, to figure this out because, as I said, they've got to list these shares somewhere else right. that you can potentially at least transfer, although there already has, you know, then you, then you deal with flowback issues and everything else. But. Flowback issue. Well, then everything goes back to that market. If you own right. here, you've like you got to figure you're, it you're out. You're telling people to buy it, and then they get, they're no, going to no, get no, the no, money back. No, it's no. not one of those. No. It's not like a vacuum cleaner. No. Turn. But, I mean, you've been advocating for some time for basically cutting the ability of Chinese companies to list well, here at I, all. I don't have to do it anymore because Gary Gensler, if he gets his way, is going to make it make everything great. This is a must-read. It'll take you, like, five, you know, two minutes to read. It's only two pages. But it's really extraordinary what he's talking about. Uh, Ulta's back to 400. Oh, what a quarter. Uh, Two-year comp, up 14. Uh, They guide the same for Q4. Uh, Despite that, their biggest category, Jim, which is makeup, almost half of their sales, is still down on a two-year stack. Estee Lauder's right behind them this morning. Uh, Those skincare issues they need to get. They'll do fine. They did say on the quarter, don't worry about it. That that issue will come up. And yet, what what are the analysts trapped by? Their deal with Target. They just kept wanting to know more. Target, that deal just started. But I think that the Target deal is going to be great. By the way, remember, uh, Kohl's uh, is a competitor now because Kohl's has gotten good. In David Kohl's, Kohl's got Sephora. Remember, Kohl's got Sephora. I do remember that. That was that, a yes. big win from J.C. Penney. So the, these guys are kind of going at it. But uh, I, I just thought that Dave Kimball, Dave Kimball was masterful in the call. Uh, Ulta has done so many things right. And by the way, they're a true growth retailer. They're still adding stores. Uh, I, my Chapel Trust owns Estee Lauder. That's Fabrizio Freire. He's the genius who was at one time at Procter & Gamble. But he's, his stock's up seven, but I think that should go to an all-time high. He's at 350 Now, that's a lot of cross-border. That The single biggest place to buy their stuff is at the do-free. Uh, and if they get that, uh, look out. Chinese are back buying. Remember, it's the Chinese middle class. It's not the rich that buys these. In our country, it is. Mac. Mac's very expensive. Yeah, there's another product they have uh, they have, for ladies like that's very expensive, too. I know, but there's some. Meek, Mac. It's another one. Cover Girl? No, no, no. I'm forgetting one. Maybelline? I don't know. No, no. <laughs> I need something, though, for my neck. Can, they, can, they, can they give me something for Two-face. my neck that will make it look better? Yeah, no, Kybella. Kybella? That was something that, that right. Brent Saunders, who's got another company that does skewer, he that was one that made it so that uh, it could get rid of this, but you apparently looked like you had a duck bill for two weeks. You had a couple of weeks off. <laughs> but now Kybella is being used to get rid of uh, fatty uh, deposits around your body, but only in Germany. And when I went to uh, Carlos Rodriguez to tell him that that's what it's being used for, yeah. who's the CEO of, of AbbVie, he didn't have a clue. Um, guys, a couple I'm of things sorry, on, Carlos, the, on, on the back front. I'm going to go over this just for a second. Richard yeah, Gonzalez. sorry. The stock ahead. is fabulous. Um, right. Yields 4.7. Wow, Wait, we're doing my, No, no, I want no, to stay on this. Facts. I want to stay on Gonzalez. This, this Why? Because the company is the most undervalued company in my travel trip. Abby? Yeah. I thought you thought there might be an activist there. I said that. Yeah, you have said that. There was no follow through. Okay. No, 4. 4.7%. Got a lot of great drugs. Doesn't even have time to develop the really big drugs. And David, they have Botox. Abby. Yeah, they got put Yeah, they do. That's true. I love it. That big deal. I think this company, Brent Saunders, old company. This is one of my, I'm going to talk about it when I have my investing conference. I'm going to say this. You want to know what's the most undervalued stock in the portfolio? It's AbbVie. Is that in the investment club? Yes. Oh. Oh, you thought only Boeing was? Oh, well, New Disney, too. And Walmart. And Costco? 
can we talk Thank about you. what Munger said? Uh, yeah, wait, 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 I had my oh, spack. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Spack yeah, thing. Are you doing an Amex? A, yeah, I thought yeah. we hit briefly hit the Amex business, which is using this. <laughs> go uh, using Apollo spack to go public. Oh yeah, uh, everyone's buzzing which is important. This. You know what I noticed though as well, I what? thought was pretty funny is how many advisors Apollo's brought in on this deal. Do we have them? Uh, they brought in every single investment bank that known to man to advise on this deal. Smart. Pay out a lot of fees, you get a lot of good stuff, right? It's be a lot of coverage, just yeah. so little coverage yeah. in these facts. Um, but it is, listen, the deal itself is a $4 billion purchase price, $817 million raise. Um, they're going to have, you know, uh, $150 million. There's an earnout as well. The pipe was $335 million. They got a $400 million backstop for redemptions. But I did note, is um, it the don't have the press release. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Oh, the Let me just go through It's just so Jeez. funny how many people they had advising on this thing. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Credit Suisse, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Evercore, Paul Weiss, uh, Houlihan Loki, Morgan again, Apollo Global Securities. I mean, it went on and on, just for a little SPAC deal. Uh, the other uh, SPAC deal I want to keep an eye on is BuzzFeed. They actually announced their redemptions. Remember, this was a, uh, something I was talking about a great deal of, uh, a few months back, yeah. these incredibly high redemption rates, which leave very little actual cash for the company and the trust that they can use. Uh, 94% redemption rate. But the stock is up. ENFA, 895th Avenue Partners, that's the SPAC they're going public through at BuzzFeed. Stock is up in part, remember, because sometimes we do see a squeeze because there's so actual, there's no shares outstanding anymore. Um, but let's keep an eye on that one as well. ENFA, there it is. You can see what's happened. So it's a good start there. What's the question? But not a particularly good one. They get the vote, even though 94% of those who held it said, I want out. Right. Uh, journal says the company itself raises $16 million? Yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing. Because it's 94% of what was, I think it was 230. I got to look back at the actual number. Uh, so, yeah, you're talking very, very small number in terms of what they actually will raise through this. And that gets back to this idea for these companies that are obviously banking on using the SPAC money to, for growth capital. Well, what are they going to do? Now, we've had a number of them on and asked that question. They're like, oh, we're fine. Don't worry. We'll be OK. They do access the pipe when they can have it as well. But it does raise questions for pipe holders also who are left holding the bag to some extent. We talked about Costco a moment ago. Uh, Charlie Munger uh, at a conference said a number of things. Said the market's crazier now than the dot-com bust. Uh, wishes crypto had never been invented. But right. did say that he predicts Costco will be a big internet player, prefers it over Amazon. Um, once again, it's got people arguing that Berkshire should just go ahead and buy this thing. Well, uh, it's a $235 billion company. Yeah. Uh, Richard Glancy, best CFO in America, uh, would tell you that they were uh, late initially to online, but now they're becoming a dominant company online. Uh, I think that Costco had a number the other day that was slightly weaker uh, after beating, 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 and the stock didn't go down that much. There is talk that they could put through, very easily put through a, a, a price increase to be a member. Uh, and it's a, a juggernaut. They only have two stores in China. They could have... A hundred. Yeah, uh, we'll watch Costco closely after the, uh, those comments and, of course, the year that it's had already. Uh, getting back to the jobs number, 210,000 jobs added in November. Unemployment falls to 4-2. That's the lowest since the pandemic began, going back to February 2020. Joining us this morning, first on CNBC, is the Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo. Madam Secretary, it's great to have you. Good morning. Great to be with you. 
So uh, the headline figure is confusing a lot of people because so many of the internals are so strong and because we've had positive revisions now for seven straight months. Do you think there's something squirrely in the headline data? Well, as you say, each month we have had revisions, by the way, all revisions to the upside. So what I always say is you can never take too much from any one report. You know, there's ups and downs on a monthly basis. But if you look at the trend, it's very strong. You know, as you just said, unemployment is down 70% since the president took office. If you just look at the fundamentals of this, these numbers and last month's, more jobs, more people are working, more people in the labor force, fewer people unemployed, wages are up. So, you know, it's, and, and unemployment is the lowest it's been since the pandemic began. So overall, uh, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if there were technical revisions. But if you just look at the trend over the past seven or eight months since the president's been in office, it is very strong. We're on a steady march forward uh, and more people are working. Uh, labor force participation, of course, one of the most anticipated numbers, 61.8 is the best of the year and is at the top of the range it's been stuck in for about a year and a half. Um, do you think it's going to continue that way and what do you think is drawing people back? Uh, I think people want to work. Uh, the economy is fundamentally strong. Employers are hiring. And as I said, you know, people are getting back into the workforce. This is, this is the best report we've seen this year. Uh, more people in the labor force, wages are up. I also think the president and his team have done an extraordinary job with COVID. The majority of Americans are vaccinated. And the truth of it is a lot of people were holding back from the workforce because they were afraid. You know, they were afraid. They didn't know if their colleagues would be vaccinated. So I, I, I am bullish. You know, I'm not saying everything is perfect. I know that folks are still, um, there's still a lot of uncertainty. But the fact of the matter is, as more people get vaccinated, more people get their boosters, I think you're just going to see continued steady progress in the economy and in these jobs numbers. Madam Secretary, always great to have you on the show. Nice to see you. Why doesn't the administration make more of this incredible empowerment small business issue where you're beginning to get now millions of people leaving the workforce, but they're not really leaving the workforce. They're developing their own companies. They're going through Shopify. They're going through Facebook. And yet I never hear the administration embrace these people because these are the heart and soul of, of the new uh, capitalism in this country. Yes. Um, you know, I talk about it all the time, Jim. I think it's very exciting, actually. I mean, Americans are fundamentally entrepreneurs and strivers, right? That's what makes America great. It's what makes us the best, strongest economy in the world. We're always hustling, striving, starting new businesses, looking for that opportunity. I have spoken to many, uh, actually a lot of women, who have said, this is a great way for me to start my own business. And as you say, a lot of these online platforms have enabled that. So maybe we need to talk more about it, but I certainly, you know, celebrate the entrepreneurship and I think it's here to stay. Let's put together a panel of, say, six women who have started businesses that are now making more than a million dollars with you at CNBC and we show how it's done. Let's do it. I'm in. All right. We're going to do it. There you go. Carl, I've got to tell you, I, I know these numbers are difficult, but Secretary Mondo, I've got to ask you this. Uh, the Chinese seem to have stopped taking our jobs away for now. But are you not impressed with how the Koreans 
have come in and started to do great things, uh, creating jobs in our country? Uh, I am impressed. And, you know, the Koreans are an ally of ours. I, since I've been secretary, I've had a lot of engagement with the Koreans. Actually, a topic you and I talk about all the time, semiconductors. We mm -hmm. look to, you know, really um, ally ourselves with the Koreans uh, and the Japanese and many other companies. So, yes, I am. My focus, though, my obsession on behalf of the president is American competitiveness, making the investments necessary in skills, in research and development, uh, in chips, so America can compete and outcompete on the global stage and work with our allies while, while we do that. Well, on that note, uh, Madam Secretary, uh, the infrastructure bill that was recently passed is intended to do that very thing. But there are questions about the ability to actually hire enough workers, enough skilled workers. I'm curious as to your thoughts in terms of how that's going to actually be implemented and whether there may be some issues when it comes to being able to move quickly with some of the key projects. Yeah. So I think we need to be honest with ourselves. This will be hard. It is hard to implement successfully a trillion dollar package. Having said that, we will do it. The president has convened the cabinet on several occasions, talked to each of us individually to, you know, drive it home to us that implementation is a priority. My own focus on broadband, I'm going to have to hire hundreds of people in order to do this, but we're going to nail it. It is hard. We will do it and it's necessary and we're going to create a lot of jobs in the process. I also think it's going to be a new day uh, when the American people start to see in their communities progress, start to see fiber being laid to the home so people have broadband, start to see their airports, roads, bridges improved. With respect to the labor force, we got to get creative. You know, we have to expand the labor force. We have to rely more on community colleges, more on high schools, frankly. Be willing to hire folks who've been formerly incarcerated or dropped out of the workforce or um, you know, maybe don't have a four-year college degree. We got to get out there, train them, and help them get the skills they need to be effective. So, I am not, um, I am not, you know, diminishing the level of difficulty. But we're up for it, and I'm actually incredibly excited to see the results. Finally, uh, Madam Secretary, we had you on a couple of months ago. You were beginning to see some signs of improving supply chain. Since then, a lot of the data has shown better delivery time, uh, less order backlog, lower prices paid, uh, shipping rates from uh, Asia to the U.S. lowest since July. You think this is for real? Absolutely. I think it's for real. You see it in the numbers there, but truthfully, I talk to company CEOs every single day. Uh, from the biggest to the smallest companies, and they are telling me they see it, it's for real. They're telling me that the stocks will be, uh, excuse me, the shelves will be stocked for Christmas, the uh, wait times are down, the crunch is easing, the ports are moving more smoothly. So it is real. You know, the administration, we've leaned in on this. I have, the White House has, Secretary Buttigieg has, uh, and I think you're just going to continue to see. Uh, incremental progress every day, every week, every month. Madam Secretary, appreciate the time. Uh, busy morning. Good to see you again. Have a good day.
Gina Raimondo, our Commerce Secretary. Uh, before we go to break on this Jobs Friday, get a look at the bond report. We did get two's tens, narrowest spread since January, two-year, 63 basis points. And just now crossing uh, IHS market uh, final services PMI is 58 versus a flash 57. Some of the opening gains have been lost, though. Dow's up 55. We'll be right back. I'm Morgan Brennan at the Reagan Presidential Library here in Simi Valley, California, where the biggest defense conference of the year is kicking off today. There is a lot on tap, COVID and supply chain issues, cyber attacks, Afghanistan, Russia, and of course, China in what's increasingly being referred to as a new arms race. Now, according to the Reagan National Defense Forum survey, China is the biggest threat to the U.S. It will be a big topic here over the weekend, and it's one we're going to get into exclusively with the CEOs of Northrop Grumman and United Launch Alliance. That is coming up at the top of the next hour, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. In the meantime, more Squawk on the Street after this break. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. You know, Yogi Berra once famously said that nobody goes there anymore, it's too crowded. That's the way I feel about Chipotle. Uh, particularly by Chipotle's Ben Stotos, Chipotle right down the block here. Uh, Cowan, 2022 list, they're putting out the all their best stocks. Uh, and talking about underappreciated and misunderstood. They're talking about Chipotle making $3 million in sales per unit, which is really extraordinary. Talking about how the same store sales can be much higher. Loyalty, which is really Brian Nichols especially, they didn't even have one before. It's now 30 million people. Um, I think Chipotle's been stalled. It's down substantially. Maybe it's time to start going back to it, buying Chipotle. Good piece by Ken. Interesting. Labor inflation, uh, an issue they can work with? They're, they'll tell you that they'll have to yep. um, because they can. They have the ability to raise ever so slightly because people love their product. And this is a new theme I get when people ask me, well, I want to buy Chipotle. Are they sustainable? One of the things that Callan's pointed out is because of their sustainability, people buy the stock, people go there. Yeah. That's it's important. Point. We're a long way from um, the 18-month period where you thought we'd have to erase our memory from the, the troubles. Isn't that something? Well, that's supply. how long it takes. Yeah. People, Americans are short-sighted. Say, I, I think we'll do Chipotle this afternoon at the office. We normally do lettuce wraps. And what about tonight on the show? You know, before we get to that, though, I mean, there's a lot of software companies that are having a rough go in the market. I'm sorry to jump no, on that. No, I know. They're just um, being I mean, this DocuSign is bringing a lot of things down. I think the DocuSign's probably in some... You pointed out that Alibaba's down almost 9%. That's on the DD News, but that's a yeah. huge Well, the DD News is bad, and, and the DocuSign's part of a many, many ETFs. And then yeah. the payment stocks are down again. They're toxic. Um, I was going to mention I have Bootborn on tonight, which is not toxic and just has its own secular growth story. Yes, Bootborn is maybe it's what you flyover. want. It's, it's the flyover. It's the flyover. But, David, there's a lot to do. You're absolutely right. It's not just about Sportsman's Warehouse. No. FTC. Yes. He said the FTC would be active. Who thinks they're going to reach down like buy, you know, Dave's, Dave's Sporting Goods and, uh, and Jim Kramer's Outdoor can't get the <laughs> They didn't like the Grand Outdoors buying Sportsman's Warehouse. There's some well, well, remember Dave's, remember Dave's Outdoor was a bust down. We'll see you tonight, Jim. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. 
Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.